Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4patriots.com slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4patriots.com slash on the right. That's 4patriots, the number 4, patriots.com slash on the right. 631 coming up at 632, 55KRC Detox Station. Happy Friday Eve. Brian Thomas, happy to welcome back. And it's been a little while, but she is always welcome on the 55KRC Morning Show. Lone conservative voice on Cincinnati City Council, Councilwoman Liz Keating. Welcome back to the show, Liz. I hope you're well. I am. Happy December. Yeah, yeah that's right. The first day of December. Yes. Yeah. Can see the Christmas <laughs> holiday days off looming in my headlights. I, I, I since I missed out on the on the days uh, for Thanksgiving because basically the whole family was sick throughout the Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, no. I feel like I got ripped off. So uh, I'm I'm hoping the holidays uh, for the the forthcoming holidays will work out a little bit better. And I hope you have some real nice plans for holidays as well, Liz. Yes, I think it's going to be fun. I've got two little kids, and so at this time of year is just magical seeing are, it through their eyes. So. I love it. Are they, are they young enough to still believe in Santa Claus? Yeah. So one just turned two. So he, oh. I don't know if he totally gets it yet. And the other one is almost four. So I think this perfect. year she's kind of starting to understand. So it's the perfect ages. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 this moment in time will, will, will evaporate quicker than you can <laughs> imagine. I know everybody tells you that when you're, uh, when, when you're a parent. But having been there and done that with my kids now 26 and 28, it seems like a million years ago. And I just it, it made Christmas time so much so much better for the adults when you've got little wide-eyed kids just looking forward in anticipation to that beautiful morning. Anyway, um, I, I, you know who's got my vote, Liz? Big Johnny. Yeah. Big Johnny. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. That was pretty funny. I know. Um, kudos to whoever filled out that application. Liz is, of course, the application referring to those who are looking to fill uh, Greg Landsman's seat since he was elected uh, and ousted Steve Shabbat. Um, you have a very long list of applicants. First off, explain to my listeners what this process is, because as of right now, it looks like you have 47 people who are uh, who would like to replace Greg Landsman. But what's the process? Could I mean, I don't live in the city of Cincinnati. Could I throw my name in there? Could Joe Strecker run? What What are the criteria? Yeah, so you have to live in the city of Cincinnati. But going back, the, the way the charter dictates this, is that before we are sworn in as a council member, you have to fill out a form with your designee. And what the designee is, is if you have stepped down, something happens to you for some reason, you can no longer fulfill your term, your designee will make an official vote um, to pick the person who replaces you. Um, Ah. So that could be seven people, that could be one person. And um, what has happened here is Greg Landsman, uh, obviously he won his election. He'll be leaving before his term is up. He originally had the seven Democrats on council. Um, they determined that that was actually a bad idea to have so many people as designees. 
So he changed his designee form yesterday at council, and it is now just Reggie Harris. Reggie put up an application online. Um, anybody who lives in the city of Cincinnati could fill it out if they wanted to come um, serve on council. And then um, they've released all those applications. I've read through every single one. Um, we had some interesting characters like Big Johnny um, that applied. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's, I believe um, the decision, um, Council Member Harris is going to be making that decision um, within the next week. And then it will be his official vote on council um, to vote for this person um, to appoint them to Greg Lansman's um, on on expired term. Okay, so Reggie gets the first say or the final say. I, I mean, I understand the, the the chain of command here since Greg gave Reggie. Uh, this proxy, Reggie gets to, to go through the 47 applicants and decide who he thinks is best for the job and then makes that recommendation to council who then, what, rubber stamps it? Or is it just, hey, I'm Reggie Harris, I got the designation from Greg, and this is the person? It is Reggie Harris's decision per the charter. Okay. So, yeah, council does not approve it. Um, it is that's who Greg Landsman's designee is, so it is his decision and, and his decision alone. Yeah, you've been through the the various applicants. I have to maybe assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know what assumptions uh, make of you and me. But um, <laughs> are, are are I, I dare say that not everyone on this list, at least in your perception, is qualified for the job. Um. Yeah, I think there are some that are more qualified than others. Um, I think there are some that would do better with this council than others. Um, I, there's a lot of people who have a, a big variety of um, background and experiences, life experiences, career experiences, volunteer experiences. So I think there's, it's, it's a good list. Um, I don't know if I would be pleased with any of them coming on council. I'll say that. Uh, fair enough, because obviously this list includes 99.99, if not 100% Democrats. Um, and there's no way in hell Reggie Harris would ever vote to appoint anybody but a Democrat on Cincinnati City Council to fill this spot. I think that's that's certain. So I get where you're coming from, but you know, in Reggie's in terms of your perception of Reggie, the type of person he is, you've been working with him for a while now. At least given the list, you've been through it all. Do you at least trust him to pick someone who's at least on your uh, better this person than that person side of the list? You know what? I do. I I really do like working with Reggie Harris. Um, he has been a great colleague. We have collaborated on many different um, pieces of legislation. Um, he he really does take the time to listen to the other sides and consider other sides and is very open um, to making changes, to making ideas better. Um, and I really appreciate that of a council member because I think that's what we are supposed to do as electeds. We are yes. supposed to understand all sides and build on ideas. And I really have seen that out of him. Um, and I will say he, he and I had a meeting yesterday um, where we talked about all the applicants and he wanted my feedback. Oh, um, good. I, and I, I really did appreciate that, that he took the time. I was never um, one of Greg Landsman's designees from the very beginning for obvious political reasons. Um, but Reggie still took the time to come talk to me, get my, um, input, go through the different applicants. Um, and I, I do think that he is going to 
make the right decision. Um, but as you know, we are on opposite sides of the aisle. I'm, I may not love the decision, but at the end of the day, I think he's going to do it the right way and he's going to make his own choice. Fantastic. So you expect at least from the, from the hearts and mind of a, of the lone conservative, he will make the best of the worst choices that are out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, I mean, there were not very many Republicans that applied, but I do not think that he is going to be picking um, yep. A Republican. <laughs> to be fair, this is a political appointment, um, and it always has been. It, used, it typically is done by the party, so um, I'll be fair there. But at the end of the day, I, yeah. I do like to see a little bit more diversity of thought and different um, bodies of legislative bodies and government. Yeah. Lie awake at night dreaming of the day when we have diversity of thought on Sensei City Council. In the meantime, we've got you, Liz Keating, and I, I, I share your uh, your props to uh, to to to, to uh, Reggie for reaching out to you. He didn't have to do that at all. He could have ignored you or not taken your phone call. So good job, Reggie, for talking to Liz about this. Liz, hang on because one of the big issues coming up is on everybody's plate. Day uh, E. Brian Thomas with uh, Cincinnati Councilman Liz, Liz uh, Keating. Liz, uh, talked to Christopher Smitherman yesterday because this issue has come up previously. The city, by way of thumbnail sketch background, owns a railroad. Every year we get large payments from the railroad who leases the rail from us in the form of multiple millions of dollars. I think currently the annual payment somewhere around 25 million. It's gone up from 19 million. And on, in terms of the lease agreement, it goes up every year. So this cash cow will go move onto the, onto the future because I guess no railroad can afford the, you know, to, 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 to build a new rail line. It's not like any railroad can go, oh, yeah, we're just going to build a new one. We don't want to deal with the city of Cincinnati anymore. So a pretty much guaranteed income revenue stream on into the future, and it has been so for about 100 years. Question, why would we want to sell it regardless of price tag? I know the railroad has offered us $1.6 billion to be paid by the railroad in like 50 or $60 million increments over until it's paid off. Well, we're already kind of getting that now, but at the end of the day, we don't get any more money after that. Why would we give up this valuable asset for for current money and not even a full $1.6 million pile of it just for basically a double payment of what we're currently getting? So I I do not have a stance on this yet. Um, so I want to I want to put that out there first. I'm I'm I've got a healthy sense of skepticism here. Good. Um, but I'll give you the side of those who want to sell it. So the, um, we're coming up in 2026 is when the lease is up and we'll have to renegotiate a lease. Um, and so right now, um, the way it's set up and the way it's explained to me is that the terms of arbitration actually um, give Norfolk Southern the upper hand. So if the city came back and said, hey, we want $50 million a year for the lease, um, Norfolk Southern can say, nope, we don't agree with that. We're not going to pay that, and it'll go to arbitration. The terms of arbitration um, are, are meant to default to previous lease terms, which means we would go back to that $25 million, um, a year. So they would have the upper hand in this, and we're not, we don't really have the ability to, to increase it significantly, even if the value increases. So I guess what has happened is Norfolk Southern came in with an offer, to buy the railroad, um, you know they're tired of leasing it. They want to own it. <laughs> um, they this offer 1.6 billion is pretty significant. Um, I don't know what the value is. We have not um, heard um, what the whole railroad has been valued at. We just know what Norfolk Southern has offered. 
So that amount, so the different things that would happen is state law would have to change and the city's charter would have to change. And what it would do is basically what they're saying is put this 1.6 billion into a lockbox. And what that means is that we can only spin off the interest each year, which they are expecting it to be a conservative estimate is that 40 to $50 million a year we would never be able to spend on the principal. And that's why it would then be kept in perpetuity because the principal will always be invested Then the city only gets the interest spun off. And then the, the also parts of the lockbox would be that that interest that comes out each year for the city to spend can only go to capital infrastructure, like your roads and your bridges, which Streetcar. is what the money right now can only be spent on. Streetcar. I don't know if streetcar... Oh, but come I now, Liz. Come on. <laughs> you know yeah, better well, than I that. Think, <laughs> I think what they're trying to do now is define exactly uh -huh. what that capital infrastructure is, because there are a lot of, um, you know, different interest groups out there trying to fit what they want yeah. into the definition of capital infrastructure, yeah. which is why they're working on changing the different laws to block things like that. So there's a lot of questions there. How do we, yeah, what exactly is defined as capital infrastructure? That's a very important question. And that will determine whether or not I agree with this. There's other things like who is going to be getting all the money? Um, who's in charge of the investment? Um, who's going to be making a lot of money off of investing $1.6 million yeah. or a billion dollars? It for the city, you know, like who are all these special interests that are that stand to make a ton of money and how do they play into this whole picture? I, I, I well, want to better understand that, too. And, and, and as well, you should. I mean, it, it, you just brought up something that was even way off my radar. The idea that the money is invested. I understand that. Got to be invested. You're going to get an ROI uh, because the money is invested. Like, oh, maybe you go with BlackRock and the, and, the, and the investment structure requires you to have good ESG scores or something, which does nothing for an investment portfolio, but makes a bunch of left wingers and green global activists all giddy with excitement. So, yeah, I mean, that is one little wrinkle among literally thousands and the wording and the verbiage on this i know that there's going to be some real strong advocacy for fast and loose in terms of what constitutes a project that's capable of being funded by this money that's scary stuff and you know every man woman and child mm -hmm. every non-governmental organization in the world's going to see this as a next cash cow going moo with them having an opportunity to get their hands in the cookie jar under the current circumstances you just don't have that to have to even uh, contend with. But what you're saying, though, when all the dust settles, the voters are going to get to decide whether we sell it or not. Exactly. Exactly. So the state legislature will have to change state law. So it, they have to all agree to or at least the majority has to agree to it. Um, city voters, by changing the charter, will have to agree to it. So this is not a done deal. Um, this is well over a year away. And so this is why we need to spend the time getting all these documents, better understanding um, what the what the terms are, what is defined as capital infrastructure, Who's, who who are the interested parties in this, who stands to make a lot of money, and what role did they play? You know, how much money is going to be poured into this election oh um, with this ballot measure? Oh you know, God. I think I think those are very very important pieces. Um, to better understand, because this is a huge city asset that, as you as you said, is 
returning revenue every single year for our capital infrastructure and just selling it because it seems like a big price tag is might not be the best idea. I don't think it is. And then, you know, I I wouldn't short sell the idea that uh, Norfolk and Southern who wants to offer $1.6 billion for it uh, has a stronger bargaining position. Like I said, they clearly use this. They've used it for years and years. They're willing to pay that kind of money to the city of Cincinnati because they plan on continuing to use it. And you're not going to go build another railroad line. You'd have to, you know, condemn property and pay people for it. I mean, that is just impossible to accomplish these days. It's not 150 years ago where the railroad barons just started laying down track and that was the end of it. You got environmental studies, you got all kinds of things. If this route is, and this is something that needs to be looked at in very, very close detail when you're talking about negotiating with the railroad, how important is it to them? Because I'm thinking it's pretty damn important that they're willing to pony up this kind of money right up front. You know, why don't they ask for $5 billion or something? You know, it's like, see where the price point really is. Yeah, so it is very important to them, and they are the only company that uses this railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're probably not going to get offers from anybody else because nobody else is using it. Um, and I think a question that came up a lot that I think is important to differentiate. So this is um, cargo rail. Um, this has nothing to do with passenger rail. Right. I know um, there was that huge investment um, to passenger rail. Amtrak is looking to expand. They're two different, um, two completely separate railroads yeah. so um, <laughs> the value is not going to go up because of the infrastructure dollars Look. however i do want to say so i know i i i i have a huge admiration for christopher smitherman and i know he's on the opposite side i have a lot of admiration for amy murray who sits on um the cincinnati southern railroad board and she voted um to move forward with this sale so there's two people that um, I, I have a lot of respect for, and they're on the opposite side. So that's something why I want to take my time to really understand every single detail and ask a good. ton of questions before I make a decision, because um, there's good people on both sides of this argument. But I also feel like it just everything sounds so perfect. And if everything sounds perfect, no. it might be too good to be true. No, we right? stumbled upon a couple of imperfections just this morning on the call, Liz. So, no, it sounds far from perfect to me. And let us p- emphasize a point you made before we part company, Liz Keating, and I've enjoyed this conversation in the discourse. It's cargo. It's not passenger. That means it's the important and profitable part of railway, not the unprofitable exactly unimportant part, which is moving people back and forth in on a system that they would rather be in their own car. Liz Keating, great talking with you. If we don't speak before Thanksgiving or before the uh, Christmas holidays, best of uh, 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 holiday cheer to you and your loved ones. I wish you all the best of health and enjoy those, uh, those children on Christmas day. I know that's going to be a riot. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Liz. Take care. We'll talk soon. 652, 55 care. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. 
You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to fourpatriots.com slash on the right. That's four patriots, the number four, patriots.com slash on the right. 